0: Hi guys. So welcome to the first official episode. Um, Before I start, I just want to say thank you to everyone that reached out about me making this podcast. I felt really overwhelmed with support and very lucky. So yeah, thank you guys. Um, But to dive right in, today's episode is about representation in film and TV. And it's not just about Gender representation and racial representation, it's also about just seeing characters who look and sound and vibe like you, you know? And for a lot of people, that just isn't something they ever get to see, which is really sad because entertainment is so powerful in making people feel less alone and making them feel as if there's other people out there that can visualize someone that looks like them and puts pen to paper and writes them a storyline that is so relatable you will feel as if you are worthy of being your own main character and when that doesn't exist that can do a lot of damage to how you see yourself so I hope that people in the entertainment industry don't underestimate just how powerful entertainment is on how people perceive themselves and so this is no secret We live in a society where the borders of femininity are so, so rigid. And there's these parameters that you can't really step outside of, or you're labeled other or not girly enough or not feminine enough. And the idea that people have of femininity, especially in films, is a blonde, preppy girl, probably blue eyes skips in the wind, listening to One Direction, you know, just, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Of course you do. She's in every film. (laughs) But the characters that don't look and sound like that are often seen as the weird, edgy, emo characters and aren't really central to their own storylines. And so for me... We're just going to dive right in there. One Tree Hill was the show that raised me. It made me the woman I am today. I can't even put into words how much I love that show. And a lot of people love to hate Peyton Sawyer. And I do understand because she did some, she did some weird questionable things. However, she was one of the main characters in the show. And she was the popular girl in high school. But she was also, at the very same time, the girl that was the outcast. And I think it was so amazing how they managed to have her simultaneously both, but also expose the fact that she didn't want to be one because she wasn't being authentic to her true self. And to set the scene, in case you haven't watched One Tree Hill, and if you haven't, it's time to get out from under that rock that you live under, and watched the best high school drama ever. Um, <laughs> but she is very punk rock vibes. She has blonde hair. Um, curly blonde hair. And she, you know, wears her leather jacket. And has the most perfect vinyl collection. And it's just what you would assume a, a punk rock sort of fan would look like. Um, you can Google it. She's played by Hilary Burton, if if you know who that is, and you can put two and two together. But she was always kind of my punk rock hero growing up because there's this one quote from the show that she says, and she says, look at the kids, look into their eyes. They're all looking for something to believe in, and I think that music can be the thing that changes their world. And for me, being a lover of rock and roll, and not knowing anyone my age who also listen to the same music, you find such big comfort in those lyrics because obviously not all, but in a lot of rock songs, they are talking about being other. Um, And it's really nice to know that people get you, which is also why representation in films and TV is so, so important because you need to know That there are other people like you. Or people that at least understand you. Whether they're real or not. If someone can create this person. Then you know that what you're doing isn't as weird as everyone else is making it out to seem. However. Peyton Sawyer is white. I am not. (laughs) And this isn't me trying to make this a sob story. I mean I'm over this crap now. But growing up being the girl that listens to rock and roll is edgy until you are a black girl that listens to rock and roll and then suddenly it's oh my god you're so white and that blows my mind because rock and roll is not white the origins of rock and roll are not white and yes my favorite bands are white bands (laughs) um Like, I love Boston and Def Leppard and The Cure. Obviously, they're very white bands. But rock music isn't originally white. And to tell a black person that they are so white for liking rock music is actually really harmful because that's not the case. And also, even if rock and roll was created by white people... It's music. Why the hell can't I listen to it because of the colour of my skin? Anyways, as I said, we're over that one now. (laughs) But um, it was always something that I felt wasn't ever really touched on in TV and film. I found such big comfort in Peyton Sawyer, obviously, because she was the punk rock girl and also the popular girl. And had this real complex storyline of how to be both simultaneously. But she didn't look like me. And I knew she didn't look like me. She just had the same personality as me. And for a while, that was enough. And I think for a lot of people who share similar personality traits with her, they probably really did find big comfort in her storyline being such a big deal on such a big show. But... In comes High Fidelity which side note to anyone who watches High Fidelity are you okay are we all okay right now after they just announced that it's been cancelled are we doing good because I'm not doing good but I hope everyone else is doing good (laughs) but yeah In comes High Fidelity in my 21 years I have never seen a character that I love more than Robin Brooks okay she's played by Zoe Kravitz And she is my, she's my everything. She is amazing. Obviously, Zoe Kravitz is a woman of colour. And she plays what I would think is an adult Peyton Sawyer. But ten times better. So she works in a vinyl shop. She lives in different band t-shirts. She has this real loneliness in a big city vibe to her. And is also kind of seen as a tough bitch, but a really emotional one too. And it's really, really nice to see a storyline that isn't focused on a person in their 20s having their shit together. Because that's not how life works. Um, If you do have your shit together in your 20s, I am applauding for you. If you have a a book that explains how you did that, I would love to read it. But for the rest of us, that's just not how it's going. And High Fidelity is just the most beautiful, non-labelling, punk rock dream, really. Um, And I say that because her race and her sexuality are never things that are made central to the storyline and there's a very very fine line in not making something central to the storyline and completely ignoring it and I think that high fidelity has done it perfectly they have done it so perfectly because at the end of the day those things do define you and they make you who you are And they make you the person that you become in this world. But they also don't have to be the thing that TV shows and films use as a sort of token, maybe a diversity quota, to get audiences. You know, if you make a TV show or a film about real stories and real life and real people... People will watch it. People will find comfort in it. People will see themselves represented. And your show will be successful. Um, and I mean, they just cancelled it. So, you know, clearly someone didn't think it was successful. And you can hear the saltiness in my voice about that. But to me, that show was successful because it made me feel seen. It felt like a hug. That is the best way to describe High Fidelity. It felt like I was receiving a hug and someone was saying, it's okay. It's okay you don't have your shit together. It's okay that you don't have a boyfriend. It's okay that you are a woman of colour who loves music and rock music. It's okay. So I would 100% recommend watching High Fidelity. It's only one season. So (laughs) yeah, it's... I don't think it's available on UK streaming sites. But you know, you just... A little one, two, three movies and you can just find it. Um another incredible woman in film is Jo March. So if you haven't watched Little Women, I need you to just literally stop listening to this podcast and go and watch it because it's amazing. The cast is amazing, the story is amazing, the directing is amazing. Amazing is an understatement and I have just overused that word, but it's amazing. Um It's set in the 1860s and so corsets and fashion and dresses are a really big focus in the film. And I think because of that, it's quite difficult to say that they break feminine ideas of fashion because how can they do that, you know? So, yeah, expression through clothing in... Little Women is obviously something I'm not going to touch on right now. But Jo and her her need and desire to just constantly break what society has set as the standard of womanhood. It's just so, like, I don't even have the words. I just left that cinema feeling so inspired. Because there is this scene, and I will not ruin this for you if you haven't watched it. I am going to read out the quote that, that changed the game for me, okay? And she's kind of in tears while she's saying this, if that gives it a bit more context. Anyways, she says, women have minds and souls as well as just hearts, and they've got ambition and talent as well as just beauty. And I'm sick of people saying that love is all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. And I heard that quote, and the gasp I let out was not normal because I have never ever ever heard anyone put it into words so well that women can be so multifaceted and we don't just exist to be a provider or a lover for men and yes we live in 2020 and for people in a lot of countries right now we can say that times have changed and we've progressed but societal norms haven't people do still expect you to have a child by a certain age to be married by a certain age and that's just not the vibe okay not everyone wants to do that and so even though this film is a period film and it's dated It still holds so much power in today's society and I think Jo is a character that anyone can take inspiration from. She breaks the oldest female stereotype in the book which is that you have to marry by a certain age and become a caregiver even if it's something that you don't want to do and she is just a complete rebel and doesn't let the restraints of societal expectations hold her back and I could not clap hard enough for that scene, my hands would be super sore because she is just groundbreaking, to say the least. <laughs> um, But those stories are so important because more often than not, people in your real life won't tell you that. And I-, I know if you don't really like films and TV that you might be listening to this and think, oh my God, this girl is a, I don't even like the word, word, but let's say it, a cinephile. Um, That's not really the case. I just find a massive comfort in the art form of telling stories to let people know that they're not as alone as they think they are. And for me, that's what film does. And so the last show I'm going to talk about is... Oh, gosh, I'm literally smiling so big talking about it. Euphoria and Rue Bennett in Euphoria. I would die for that girl. And she's not even real, but I would die for her. I just want to give her the biggest hug and let her know, you're a superhero, you're going to get through this. But for me, the best thing about her character is her fashion sense. Oh, my God, the scruffy converses, the cargo pants, the oversized T-shirts and sweats, while simultaneously being in, like, the cool group at school. And her all her friends have such a completely different take on fashion that I think really embodies their personality. And that is so rare that you see a high school clique, let's say. I hate that word, but a high school clique all dress differently and individually encompass what they represent and Rue is obviously going through some some shit in this show um and if you do watch it there are trigger warnings before every episode so please make sure that you read them um but she's going through a lot and obviously fashion isn't central to her character for example in the same way that fashion is central to Brooke Davis from Montreal. Fashion isn't something that Rue Bennett is focused on, but it is a real big part of her vibe. And I love, love, love that the main character isn't upholding these weird preppy girl societies, like, I don't know if this is society's dream girl and I hate saying that because we are society and we uphold these visions but I don't know if there's another way to describe the stereotype that we've let live in our world of what a female should look like and sound like and dress like but Rue doesn't doesn't live up to those expectations. She breaks those borders and she dresses the way she wants to, and it is amazing. And she looks so rad doing it with her chunky silver rings. Oh, I love her. I love her. And the the purple glitter. That show is just yet another show that I just feel like is giving me a hug. Um but yeah, those are just a few examples of how the entertainment industry has a big impact on people who might not feel seen um I will probably make another episode that is completely dedicated to black representation because this has been I think maybe a light-hearted episode but if I was to talk about the lack of black representation and the effects that that has on people I could actually start crying so (laughs) I'm not going to do that in this specific episode however I will leave you on this note for a lot of my life and I assume any other people of colour who are my age we haven't seen ourselves in film and tv And if we did, it was always upholding a stereotype, a negative stereotype, or we were the bad guys, or some just crazy, horrible storyline that causes a lot of harm to our communities. And I need you to know that you are worthy of being the main character in your own story, even though the world has never let us feel that we can be the main character And I'm saying main character metaphorically because in a lot of shows that think that they're progressive and woke, when they have a black character who is often the token character, they aren't the main character. They're the side character that is there to help the main character. And it's often a best friend situation and it's like a white popular girl and her black best friend and her black best friend is kind of silenced out into the crowd, but She's there when the white girl needs her. And so I need you to know that you are the main character. You are worthy of being the main character. And I really hope that to any people of colour that are listening to this, that you're sitting there and saying, I know I'm the main character, Mary. Like, if you're saying that to yourself right now, that makes my heart grow a million sizes. Because I didn't know that until recently. I always thought that I was just going to be the side piece to everyone else's life because I wasn't white and if there is even one person that listens to this that has had their view changed on how they how they see themselves and that they don't have to live in the shadow of white stories then I, I can go to bed happy <laughs> because you don't live to benefit the stories of white people you create your own story you become the main character of that story and you do the damn thing okay so yeah this episode i tried to keep quite short because i'm just trying things you know this is new <laughs> but i hope everyone stays well don't forget to wear your mask and watch the shows and films that i mentioned and if you want to talk about it we can have a whole we can have a whole conversation about it feel free to DM me at any time But yeah, stay safe, guys. Bye.